Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, I've traveled all over the world, but I always call South Dakota home. Ever since the pandemic began, I have hunkered down in my ranch here outside of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's the place where I'm most at peace. Now, according to WalletHub, Sioux Falls was ranked as number 15 on the happiest city in America list and number 11 among the top best-run cities in 2019. It's not surprising, giving our next guest. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to the mayor of the largest city in South Dakota about the initiatives he's put in place, increasing opportunities for professionals, and how uh, the city tackles diversity. We're going to talk about all those right now. I'm talking about Mayor Paul Tenaken. Welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Hey, Jeff. Good to be here, neighbor. Thanks for having me. It's it, neighbor. But I, you right. know, it, it, it's, we're neighbors. You're, 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 uh, you're the mayor, but I never get to see you because I'm never here. And you're always busy. You're working hard for, for Sioux Falls. Yeah, man. I tell you what, the last couple months, I haven't seen a lot of people like, you know, a lot of us. I see my assistants and my staff and leadership team, but uh, yeah. I appreciate that you've been hunkered down. That's good. That's what, you know, yeah. a lot of people are doing. But in South Dakota, it's been interesting because people are increasingly getting out and, uh, out more. We're one of the only states, I think the only state that never uh, implemented any statewide kind of lockdowns or mandates or anything. We like never that. shut down. I mean, that was shut both down. the governor and, and quite frankly, yourself, you guys have done a good job. And I have to say, first of all, for you, uh, thank you for your service. You know, we, we say that for military, we say that for first responders, but I got to say that for elected officials. I would not want to be elected official right now because it, it, you, you inherited, and I got to say it, a shit show. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, and I today's my today's my twenty first wedding anniversary, and so I was. Oh, my car is in the shop getting some work done, so my wife drove me in to work today, and we were just talking about just twenty one years, and man, who would have thought we'd end up on this journey we're on, and uh, how hard the last couple of years has been, and yeah. and so it's hard to serve, but it's increasingly it's hard on your marriage, you know, it's hard on your family life. Um, just dealing with the things that we've had to deal with in the city because it's, it's taken more of my time. Um, not everyone agrees with the decisions you're making all the time, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. and so my kids see that play out, you know, my kids see, you know, the support for their old man, but also the people who, you know, want to kick their old man in the, in the rear. And so, uh, yeah. that's tough for them too. So it's been a challenging last couple of years for sure in the city with the pandemic, which everyone's dealing with and the social justice issues, but we've had some tornadoes and floods and some natural disasters here in our city as well, which, uh, has given me really a crash course in kind of crisis comms and disaster response. And yeah, is so, there uh, anything else that could happen to us? Well, we've covered a lot of it, you know, but <laughs> you know, in, in all seriousness, there's, uh, there's still the, the issue that I think you, um, if you're an elected official, specifically, if you're a mayor, you are always worried about a mass shooting in your city. I mean, it's yeah. just something that's what keeps me up at night. Mm. Um, and because every time one of those happens, the response is, we never saw this coming. We never right. saw it coming from this person. The mayor never saw it coming. So those are the things that really worry me and concern me is some of those things which take its whole life. You know, when we talk about the tornadoes and floods and other stuff, we, we didn't lose life through that. I mean, we've obviously yeah. lost some lives with coronavirus and things, but um, 
but you just, those are the things that you worry about um, uh, when you come to the office each day. It's like, all right, what's the day going to throw at me today? And what do I have to be prepared for? Yeah, I had to deal with one of those when I was um, an exec at one of our public traded companies that we were public. And we had an employee walk into a plant, kill uh, one of his coworkers, and then went after the manager and a few other employees. They got out of there and he set the building on fire and then shot himself before the SWAT team showed up. So I, wow. I know what that feeling's like about having to do that. I So let's let's talk more i'd like to talk more about what you know how you've been handling this entire covid issue and you know the other day i was driving around i'm going i'm surprised to see as many cars as i was seeing it didn't look like we were hunkered down now we've been practicing social distancing in south dakota since 1889 that's right. I mean, that's that's kind of a you know we laugh about it but we kind of we're to our own but you know outside of a of, of one big breakout it's been a relatively quiet kind of thing in the community yeah. Meaning in terms of, of, you know, instances, right? Yeah. You know, early on, we made national news for quite a period of time because of uh, a large outbreak that we had here at one of our uh, employers, a pork processing employer here in Sioux Falls. And, and um, that was the tense time for coronavirus. We were, yeah. our cases were doubling every three days and uh, we were in a tough spot. And at one point actually brought to my city council a first reading, asking them to at least consider if we had to do a stay at home order, what that would look like and what would be open to that. Um, Well, since that time, uh, we didn't end up enacting that. Cases leveled off. Hospitalization rates about five or six percent. We haven't had any ordinances or any uh, shutdowns, any government mandates, city mandates on businesses since really the end of May. And we've stayed pretty flat. And I think you said it in jest, but we're social distance by nature, man. And so people, um, they see what's happening in Miami and San Antonio and LA and they see national news and they're like, mayor, we got to be wearing masks everywhere. I mean, we got to be, we got to have some, some steeper mandates. We shouldn't be having the PBR that was in town a couple weeks ago and this and that. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to use the data and the numbers. And right now, we've been kind of living life for the last month and a half, two months, and the cases have been where they're at. That doesn't mean we're just saying, hey, spike in the football, we're, we're good. But right now, people can feel pretty comfortable still taking the right measures, social distancing, and wearing masks if, uh, you know, when they go out and so forth. But for the most part, Sioux Falls is in a pretty good spot right now with what we've seen with our cases. You had, you had some tough times, though, with the, the meatpacking plant. I don't want to use their name because I don't want to give them any hard hardships at all because I thought they did a fairly decent job of trying to deal with it. I mean, who knows how to deal with it, right, when this occurs? I mean, nobody's given the, the perfect plan says implement this because no matter what you do, it's not going to be it's not going to be great. You shut the plant down, you put people at harm because they don't have jobs. So you keep it open, you put people at harm. I mean, there's lots of different things right and 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 at the same time we produce what nine percent of the nation's pork uh right. comes out of that nine percent out of one particular plant so it's like if we don't keep it open we got real problems uh nationwide so but th- what was it like to be able to have those discussions with the business because i i as i recall mayor it kind of got a little tense it was it was very tense and uh you know the the challenge with a plant, when you talk about like a, a food processing plant, whether it's cheese or pork or whatever, they uh, their business model is people shoulder to shoulder processing their product. And yeah. so social distancing is a little bit of a folly in a plant like that. Um, yeah. But they did a lot of things right by putting in the right protocols and procedures. But quite honestly, 
they can't control what happens outside of their plan as well, you know, and how people are living outside of the plan, what decisions are making outside of their plan. So um, it's tough when you as the mayor have to ask your second, third largest employer to shut their doors. And we called them and we said, we need you guys to close down for two weeks and figure this out. And they did it. And they said, yeah. okay, we're going to heed that. That was a, that was a gut-wrenching move. Um, yeah. But it was the right move. And I think it gave the consumers and the community confidence. And, and there was even a time where people concer- were concerned about the virus being passed through food. So they're like, okay, is this is the, is the product that's coming out of this place? Is it safe? And it's, it yeah. always was. But there were still people learning about the virus. How does it work? Is it foodborne? Can it be transferred via food? And so that was a tough time, man. <laughs> Well, speaking of tough times, I want to make it better. I need to take a quick break. I'm so excited. I've been not taking a break. I need to take a quick break. I'll be right back. C-Suite Radio. Hey, we are back. We are live casting right here on LinkedIn and Facebook and uh, also taping, of course, all business with Jeffrey Hazard right here on C-Suite Radio. Of course, I'm talking with the mayor of Sioux Falls, Paul Tanakin. And uh, we're talking about all things Corona and how to deal with business and the way in which the government has a partnership with business. And you do have a partnership with business. You see, you're from business, right? You ran a business before you became mayor. I did. I, you know, for the, I'm 43 years old and my career up until two years ago was all in marketing. Uh, in yeah. the, the, the business that I had, I started a company about 11 years before I became the mayor called Click Rain. It was a 35 person marketing technology company. And Loved it. Was having a blast. Um, but I'm very successful, that, by the way. Very, yeah, you guys we, are national. I've, I saw you when I was chief marketing officer at Kodak and a couple other places. I'd see you guys pop up on a lot of different radars. Yeah, well, it, we we were making payroll every two weeks, and it was <laughs> it was going all right. But you know, I will tell you, Jeff, that to me there was just kind of a bit of a hollow existence in. Uh, business success. And I just feel I love this city and I wanted to serve this city and give back to the city in some way. And so uh, ran for office in uh, 2017 announced, was elected in 2018. So it's been a little over two years. And I was talking with your producer before came on air. And that's probably the number one challenge that I have in this job is going from being an entrepreneur where I could call a shot, make a decision, go and now I make a decision and we have four meetings and I got to write an ordinance. We got to have two readings at a city council. I got to whip the votes of eight city councilors. And you got to, you had a couple of councilors, at least one that was a little nuts. So oh, I'm not going to say who that person <laughs> is, but she's no longer there. Yeah. And I just watched from afar going, are you kidding? But we always seem to have a, I, I, I joke, a Kermit Staggers or, or, and I, you know, someone who's always that protagonist. You always have that, don't you? Like, you do. And- no. You do, you do have people who are chronic, no, no matter what yeah. it is. I could say, I want to bring the Pope to Sioux Falls. People be, no, it's going no. to cost the airport too much money to fly. I mean, it's no, but those are good because they keep you honest and they say, okay, yeah. even if it seems like the most pure, the best idea ever, I have to make sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed because I know there'll be a segment of the population that won't like this, whatever, whatever the idea is. And so you have to make sure that your ideas are vetted and sound uh, when you bring them forward, because uh, you're always going to face a battle, no matter what. Well, without question, in the in the in the public sector, you have a lot more stakeholders you have to be beholden to. You you do that a little bit when you have a publicly traded company, but not as much as you do in the government. And it's a little tougher to move those things through. You know what? It's impressive to me about South Dakota and and then in Sioux Falls as well. We never have huge swings up, but we never have huge swings down. 
were always pretty steady. It, it doesn't seem much. And I think that was interesting that we did not have a stay at home order. And everybody from around the country was calling me going, Jeff, what are you guys nuts? What are you nuts? I said, no, we're in South Dakota. Look, we know how to handle this stuff. We, you know, I said, we've been practicing, you know, physical distancing all of our lives. More than that, we're just practical people. We're not going to go, if, if you're sick, stay home. If you don't feel good, wear a mask. Uh, don't go to the bar and hang out where other people might get you sick. I mean, these are the things that just seem practical that you're, you're dealing with that at the same time, right? Right. Absolutely. And I, I got to tip, you know, my hat to our governor and the leadership of our governor throughout this, because as I mentioned with that pork plant, there was a time when all eyeballs around the country were on Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and the cases are going through the roof and people saying, why the heck is there not a stay at home order right now, given the conditions there? And I brought a, a first reading forward to my council said, hey, if the governor's not going to do it, we got to think about this. And it turns out we didn't need it. We got it under control and in check and it stayed. So the governor all along was uh, was against that uh, to date. That's been the right decision. And so her leadership has been solid on this. A lot of people have noticed that around the country. Uh, we're not out of the woods, obviously. Coronavirus is going to be here for a while. But given the physical distancing we have by nature, the only 850,000 people in the whole state, we don't have to act and react the same way they do in California or Texas or Florida. All right, we can do things different here. And there's not a one-size-fits-all approach to the response. Kind of like with the, the, the pivot to the other hot button issue, the policing issue, and people well, you know, yeah. calling for some changes in our policing and how we're doing policing and so forth. And I'm like, listen, not all PDs are equal. There's, there's a vast difference in how PDs are handled. We got one of the best in the country here. So we'll make some changes when we have to, but you can't create this narrative that, all PDs, all states, everything's equal, and they all have to respond the same way because that's why we're 50 independent, unique states. Yeah, but we do have to adhere to the certain values and principles that should lead us and guide us, right? We should all be doing that the same way, without question. Absolutely. So social distancing and, and, and uh, you know, hand hygiene, mask wearing. I think what happened in South Dakota that was different than the other states is our governor specifically really fist-pounded that. He said, listen, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're all adults here. You know, you all get out of the bed and go to work. You got to make the right decisions here. If we don't, we may have to do those things. So what would you rather have the government telling you what to do or you making the own decision for yourself? And so I think people listened to that and they appreciated that self-responsibility that they were entrusted with by, you know, by the state. Let's take a quick break. I'll come right back. I want to ask what what could we be doing better? If you could really wave a magic wand and you could do it and you could get anything done, what would that be? Be right back after this message. C-Suite Radio. And we are back. Thank you very much for listening in. Don't forget, uh, we've got a resource guide for you there in the chat room. And if you need anything else, please reach out to me by any any way, shape, or form. Be glad to help you here at the C-Suite Network. Of course, we're taping all business with Jeffrey Azer. And we're doing a live cast of C-Suite Radio right here on Facebook and LinkedIn. I'm talking to the number one city in South Dakota, my hometown, uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Even though I grew up in Rapid City, uh, I call Sioux Falls home because I went to Augustana College, now known as Augustana University. And from here, uh, went off and did a little bit, uh, some bigger things. Still the same things we do in South Dakota, just with more zeros on it. That was all. The only thing that was different between that. Right before the break, Mayor, I was talking to you about what could we do differently? What do what could we have done better? 
Well, when we're talking specifically about the coronavirus response, you know, I think there's a few things that we could have done better. You know, one is we relied so much on the projections, all right? And we shared projections to the public that in some ways heightened the fear factor no, of this no, virus. No, scared the living crap out of people. It scared them. It, I mean, it, at, without at this point, at this point, point where we sit today, July 23, I mean, we were supposed to have, you know, four or 500 people in patients, uh, COVID, and we probably have about 30 in Sioux Falls right now. Yeah, in June, we were supposed to really hit the peak, right? right. And, and we kind of did. I mean, because now we're, I saw the news this morning, we're actually going down again. And right. we, we're at the lowest we've been for a long, long time. So I don't know how to say this, you know, but but we trusted the data a little too much because the data wasn't good data, but it's all we had to work with. But relying on that so heavily and sharing that so much with people and showing the projections and the curves just created this, this fear. And in some ways that was bad, but in other ways, it's all we had to work with. And people, we were trying to take emotions out of decision-making because this, this is so emotional, Jeff. Man, this topic is emotional. And everybody's an armchair CDC director right now. And so you have to try and use data, but people have lost their trust and confidence in data that the government provides on this because it's been a kind of an exercise in misprojections on both sides. Do you, do you think they've lost trust in elected officials? I will say right now, you know, I'm only 43, but it's a really challenging time to be in elected office um, because to a lot of people, the government is the enemy. And yeah. I don't care if it's federal, state, uh, local level, um, it's tough to be in, in elected office. And I think people question the response of the government to COVID, the response of the government to social justice issues right now, the response of the government to foreign, you know, our foreign policies, whether it's with China or Russia or whatever. And so there's this awakening that's happening right now. I'm not saying it's all good, but there's just a lot of people who, um, they don't like the government. They don't like elected people. Uh, and that's a battle I fight every day is trying to convince people that, hey, we're in this chair because we're called to serve. I want to help. I'm not here to try and do under the table deals and make a developer yeah. rich. I left the private sector to serve the city because I love yeah. this city, man. Yeah. You're not getting rich off this job. I'm not getting rich at all, you know? Uh, so I, in fact, someone brought me a gift today and it was I like, is this under $50? Because if it's over, I can't accept this. Otherwise, you know, it's just, it's a different world. But, by, by the way, we had those same rules in corporate too. If yeah. people gave me gifts, I had to give them away or I had to you know, return them because we were not allowed to take them because they might right. be seen. As some kind of bribe or something right. like that. You don't want right. to do that. So, right. uh, yeah, even when they sent wine and, oh, man, good stuff, I had to give it away. It was, I know. It was tough. That's the painful yeah. ones. I had someone That's... want to mow my lawn all summer. They're like, Mayor, I think you're doing a good job. I'd love to mow your lawn for the summer. I'm like, oh, would I love to accept that, but I can't. So yeah, the one the you can is the snow removal. Maybe you can get the snow removal. That would can't be good. do that That'd either, be... unfortunately. So. That's the best one. So you mentioned our, our, our governor. Are you in the same party? I don't even know what your political party you are. Well, uh, I'm an R, but yeah. you know, when I talk to people, I, I tell them I'm an M because I'm a mayor and because there's no, there's no yeah. R or D way to fill potholes and do wastewater. And a lot of the R and D issues really take place at state and federal level. And so yeah. I really fight hard to keep partisanship out of city politics because uh, not a lot of good can come from that. 
So yeah. um, I, I like it when people have to ask, are you an R or a D? Because yeah, well, like, well, I, I, I would have thought maybe you were a Democrat. I, I would did not know that. So there you go. That's good. You're keeping impartial. That's good. I'm trying if to keep it impartial. What do you think the next steps for our governor? I think she's going to go on to bigger things. I'll tell you, the, the, the governor's had uh, a, a really strong run here the last six months. She's made some yeah. strong decisions, some strong policy decisions. Uh, she's got the attention of the nation for how she's handled coronavirus and some other things. So. Uh, I hope we keep her in peer because I think she's a great governor. Uh, she's yeah, a very strong leader. I think you're going to hear it for, here first, but I I think she's going to be named for a cabinet position. Could be that would that would assume that uh, uh, Mr. Trump is going to stay in office. So we'll see what happens in November. I just had breakfast with someone and we were you know pontificating on what's going to happen in November. It's going to be an interesting campaign season. Uh, who knows? A lot of people counted him out last time, and look what happened. And, yep. uh, you never know. So it's still a long time before November, but you know, uh, who knows? There might be a vacancy in between time. It's always good to be a cabinet official, even for a short period of time. Or you know, I keep telling everybody, uh, you know, that you know, because he's been a friend of mine for a long time. You know, although he's on my opposite party, didn't support him the last time around, but we're still good friends and we still talk. And and someone says, "What do you think about him?" I said, "Well, listen, like clearly he's batshit crazy, without question. We all know that." But you should call me ambassador. That's all I got to say. Right. <laughs> hey, what's next on the, what's next on for Sioux Falls? What, what big plans do we have in terms of economic development? We are truly one of the top 10 cities every year. You know, every magazine names us one of the top places to do business. Well, why is that such a great thing? Why is that so good for us? Well, you mentioned one of uh, you know the happiest cities kind of in your opening, but uh, we recently were ranked um, one of the top 10 most well-run cities in the country. And mm -hmm. what that means is our, our fiscal you know, responsibility, our reserves are strong. We have a balanced budget every year. We have one of the lowest debt per capita of any city you're going to find. We just don't outkick our coverage when it, when it comes to spending. Uh, within the next month, we're going to have a huge economic development announcement, Jeff. Um, we're at the one-yard line with this company. Um, we're looking forward to it happening. It's going to bring a lot of jobs, good-paying jobs to our city. So that's something we're excited about. Um, the other thing well, that you, I'm really... You need wins like that I mean, because you, your, tax, your tax base is down. No one's spending as much. And most people don't know in South Dakota, we don't have corporate tax. We don't have personal ta income tax. We only have tax either from property tax, which is so low compared to the rest of the country, guys. I'm telling you this. I used to live in New York, okay? I still have a place there. And it's a lot different there than it is here. And we have sales tax. And when people aren't spending, we don't have the revenues. That's got to be hurting you right now. It's hurting us tremendously. And so it's, I just rolled out my city budget uh, yeah, this week. It's about a $600 million annual budget. And it's a public safety infrastructure, sewer, water, roads budget, uh, because that's what we have to spend on right now. Um, and so that's some of the stuff we're focusing on. But the, the last thing I'll say is I'm really bullish on mentorship. I'm pushing a large mentorship initiative in our city, uh, trying to get 5,000 new mentors in the city in the next five years. Um, because the effects of coronavirus, even before that, we need more men to step up and mentor kids without dads in their life. We need more people to step up and help mentor our immigrant community. And so mentorship's very near and dear to my heart. I'm pushing hard on that too. Well, let's make it happen. I, I appreciate it. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for your service. Thanks for making Sioux Falls a great star, not only in the state of South Dakota, but around the country. It it does, I, I'm an ambassador for South Dakota. I'm an ambassador for Sioux Falls, every city in South Dakota, quite frankly. Uh, we, it's a great place to live. And for all you people in California that are gonna exit, okay? Back in the 30s, back in the 30s, the, we sent a lot of people there from here, there, 
Okay. Come back. Come back. You're going to love to live in South Dakota. Mayor, thanks so much. We appreciate it. We'll let you get back to work. Thanks for keeping us on the map, Jeff. Appreciate it. At the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. You know, what I learned is, you know, we got a good, they have a saying here in Sioux Falls. We got a good thing going. And we do. You know, I said earlier, we don't go up, we don't go down. We're just steady. And we always have been steady, steady, progressive. If you came to this city, you'd see how clean it is. You'd see how wonderful it is, how nice the people are. And, you know, we might say that about all your cities, but I'm telling you, it's something special. I'm telling you, I've been all over the world and I've never seen anything like it. It's upbeat. It's progressive. People want to help people. People want to do things. They they want to, you know, build the city. They want to make it grow. And you don't always see that. It's got a good mood. It's got a good thing going, as they say. But you know what? I always say this because everybody says, why are you in South Dakota? Because I can. So that's what I remember. That's what I learned today. Do things because you can. Not because you have to, uh, but because you can. And that's what we do right here in Sioux Falls. So there you go. Um, Don't forget, tell all your friends all about, not just Sioux Falls, tell them about All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.